This is Chaz Woodson, and you're listening to the Going Offsides Podcast. All right. Well, let's let's jump into it because yeah, this uh, is I, this I, is all over I, the place already. I just no, I just wanted to show to shoot that out there. That was completely before all this other stuff. I'm gonna keep yeah. it together. Now. No, you're good. You're good. All I right, miss so. you. <laughs> well, we have we have a special guest today. Our first NAI head coach. We we have had NAI people on in the past, but we've got Cumberland's coach here, Pete Campbell. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nick and and guys. Just I, I'm you know, honored to be the very first coach that you guys have on the podcast. Yeah. And it's perfect timing because, you know, we just started our, our little NAI segment that we do every Monday now during the season. And we started that on Monday, obviously, and it's been doing really well. And we figured what a better time to have you on and continue that and make it kind of an NAI themed week, especially since, you know, the game started and, and we're kicking it off right now. And so let's, let's just get into it a little bit. You were at practice, but I watched the entire most of what I could watch of the Reinhardt William Penn game. And it was, you know, it was tough. I don't even know the final score, yeah. but you know, let, let's, let's go a positive spin on this. What makes, in your opinion, and you've played the many times, what makes Reinhardt different in terms of, you know, the consistency that they have. And it seems like they actually have a very small recruiting bubble compared to a lot of the other rosters in the NAIA, how, how are they able to do that? Or what have you seen? Because, I mean, you're the only one that's played them. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that they do is they, they do a very good job of putting a fence around the Atlanta region and really getting some of the top tier guys. You know, they get, they get a lot of the, you know, top guys that would be, you know, at our level or division two guys. And they've done a very good job of them. Um, putting that fence and really bringing those guys in and keeping them in, in house. Um, and, and, you know, as we all know, I mean, Atlanta definitely is um, got a lot of talent um, and that's one of the big things for them. And, and, you know, coach Snow's done a, a heck of a job of making sure that that talent stays and, and goes to Reinhardt. And so you've obviously built your program a little bit differently. I mean, from the start, you kind of brought an East coast flavor and what's kind of been, your strategy then because and this is great because both of you are here ryan you were in the middle of nowhere tennessee coach about, you were you about were 45 in... minutes from each other yeah. we scrimmage yeah, each exactly. other every every fall every spring exactly um, sure practice yeah. i mean we, we we did a lot together um, yeah. so i mean we know how ryan built his program but you know you're in a very similar spot i know like from day one no matter, you know, you can spin it any way you want, coach, but it's, it's, it's tough to start a program, A, and it's tough to start one where there isn't high school across anywhere nearby. I'll put, I'll leave it at that. So what was kind of your strategy, your plan of action from day one? Because you guys have been around for what, six, seven years now? Uh, or six season. Yeah, okay. I've been there for seven years now. Perfect, um, perfect. Yeah, my action when I first started the program was, I mean, we, I put a, about an eight to 10 hour radius around there. And I, I just, I, I grinded it out and, um, you know, really went to anything and everything. I also used, you know, my connections with Ohio, my connections in Maryland and um, was able to really, if you look at the roster, that's probably where the majority of the roster comes from. And um, 
you know, just use what I was familiar with, got, you know, the areas, the regions, the coaches that I knew and, you know, the style of play that I knew mm -hmm. and um, really hit those really, really hard. And, you know, every year it's gotten a little bit more diverse, but, um, you know, still that's the two primary areas where we definitely hit the hardest is within Ohio and Maryland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having worked at an NAI school myself, I, what I see from the outside is you have tremendous support there. The facilities are top notch. I know I actually, I coached against Ryan at your stadium, which was mm -hmm. a unique experience. And then I know that you guys have all sorts of tuition deals and like promises to lower tuition. And I think, I mean, I don't see many, you know, it's pretty unique. So can you talk about that for a quick they second? They got Chick-fil-A on campus too. You can't beat that. <laughs> we got a Chick-fil-A, um, you know, and, and, you know, two years, uh, three years ago, about three years ago, we did a tuition drop at 50 and we dropped our tuition 57%. Um, and do it. yeah. And you know, that that's been awesome to be a part of a, a, an administration to work for an administration that really does put the students first um, mm -hmm. everything. And, and, you know, it was that way before they dropped tuition with, you know, the building of our facility, um, of the lacrosse facility that they built for us, um, you know, all the way to, to drop in the tuition. And then this year, the, all the federal money that the school got from, um, from the grants and everything through the COVID relief package, they actually just gave all that money back to the on-campus kids. Like, so all the full-time students got $1,500, um, back in their pockets and everything. Um, the school just wants to do what's right. You know, it, it's been pretty cool to be a part of a, a school that does things that that you just don't see being done every day. You know, from you know our budgets to you know the desire to win and, and give us everything we need to be successful, but yet still at the same time deliver you know the education that they do and that you know, and take care of the students that are on campus. It's pretty cool to see. Well, and like another thing too is, is, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, you guys have really kind of, and you know, you're, you're, you're in year six. Okay. But you know, this hasn't been, um, you know, you guys have been really good, obviously from, from the start. Um, but you've, you know, kind of been in that national relevance kind of aspect, you know, kind of since, you know, year one was kind of like the infancy of the NAI with the Invitational Tournament. And now you're kind of like in that spot where you've been perennially, perennially, perennially there. Um, I'm butchering that word um, in terms of, you know, conference, national level. Um, I remember when you built the facility, you know, those fields were grass. Then they kind of walked it back and were like, all right, we made a little bit of a mistake here. We're going to put turf down now. So now not only do you have a turf football stadium, but you got your turf lacrosse stadium. So, I mean, um, you know, it, it's got to help you with that. And like with that, I mean, it, it's kind of raised the entire level of, of, of the AAC. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think it definitely does. I mean, our school definitely they, they definitely do it right. And and they want us to do everything the right way, um, both on on and off the field and and everything. And, um, you know, for us, yeah, I mean, they see definitely, I mean, at the top of the, of the conferences, you know, I don't think there's a, a better conference that, you know, when you talk about the top tier of the conferences, um, you know, especially I know with SCAD coming over, I definitely added that, that third piece that is consistent. I know yeah. before that there's a three, four, five that would kind of like rotate year to year, 
but I think SCAD really pushed you guys up to like that level with the whack where it's like top to bottom. You don't really want to play any of those schools. Absolutely. You know, I mean, SCAD's one of those teams and they, 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 they will get you. If you, you know, you have to prepare for them. They always play hard. Coach Cummings has those guys ready and, and, you know, and if you really look at it, the last two seasons, they knocked us off, you know, two, well, it would be the last full season we had in the year before they knocked off um, uh, Reinhardt. I mean, they can play in our conference and they can play with anybody. And, you know, they play a brand of lacrosse that, that you know, if, if you're not disciplined and, and you're not prepared for that, like they're going to get you on that and they're going to sneak up and, and they can put the ball in the back of the net for sure. Today's episode is brought to you by FlexForce. If you haven't heard of FlexForce, it's an innovative new product that makes pinching heads a thing of the past. Just pop it in your lacrosse head when you step off the field, and your head will always retain its legal shape. FlexForce, keep your head in the game. Order yours now at laxallstars.com slash goingoffsides to get 20% off. Let's talk about, you know, the NAIA overall is, is, is going up. What is it going to take in your opinion, and you've had these conversations to go from that national invitational to do what the women's did, the women's side did and jump to a championship sport. Yeah. I mean, we just need, you know, the, the biggest thing is we just need some other schools to continue to, to build it and, and to build it the right way. Um, I'm probably going to step on a, a pedestal, but I think, you know, the biggest thing, I think a lot of schools, when they add lacrosse is they, 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 they look at the initial cost and that's all they look at. And they don't look at the, the, the main, the maintenance and the cost down the road and how to keep it and, and how to budget for it to be successful. That's across all levels too. Everyone yeah. adds a program. It's the same. The administrators, they think about lacrosse as being just like any other sport they want to add and they don't understand how unique it is. It's yeah. not adding a soccer team. It's not adding a baseball team. It's very unique. Well, and a lot of times too, you know, the, the, you, you said it, the initial cost, right? Oh, we got to buy helmets. We got to buy gloves. We got to do that. They don't realize that that, you know, in, in a lot of cases, the good programs are turning those over every year or at least every other year. Um, yeah. and, and that's a significant expense. And when you kind of bring that to a lot of administrators, they're like, we just, we just got you these. Well, you know what, if you want to keep up with the Joneses and do things like that, like, you know, anybody who says, well, oh, that's not that big of a deal we all know that it is. Okay. Um, if if a kid has to turn his equipment in at the end of the year, as opposed to getting the chance to bring it home, um, you know, that might not go as, as as far as a lot of people think, but you know, it can put something, it can put a little idea in the back of somebody's mind. So, you know, you hit it spot on, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, school's doing it the right way. Right. Yeah. That's what we need. And we have, we have quite a few programs that think that they know what it takes and either they're struggling still to this day, like for the fifth year in a row, they're struggling and they're, they're on their third coach or they've already canceled the program. And there's, I think there's more of that right now, unfortunately, at the NAI level than some of the other levels, obviously. D1 doesn't make that mistake. D2 doesn't really, you do see that more at the D3 level. And it's just, it's not unique to the NAIA, really. It's just unique to administrators not understanding like, everything that goes into lacrosse and it's just it's a pro, it's just a problem at every level yeah and i think the biggest thing is is one of the things i will say like the nai has done is like they've done a good job of trying to do more education to the athletic directors mm-hmm. 
and at the coaches association, you know, we've given them different program sample budgets. So, you know, and, and from different levels too. And so they can see kind of, you know, all right, well, you want to program at that level. This is kind of what the budget will probably have to look like, and, mm-hmm. you know, what our budget is and then some other programs as well. So they see a sample of it and, you know, and definitely there's a wide variety. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah. I think, you know, and unfortunately the business side of college lacrosse, you know, you, some schools, are going to take that low end rate and, and try to see if they can just make, you know, put, put kids in beds. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is, is retention, you know, from a coach's standpoint and from a school standpoint though. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that, that I, I really try to thrive is that we keep our guys here and we have guys that, that stay and that, and that's why we've been able to build up the way we have. It certainly makes it easier when, when kids stay. It, it definitely makes everything about program building easier. Absolutely. For sure. And so obviously you're, you're a lacrosse guy. I mean, I, I would easily say that you played at Marietta, you were a goalie. So you're a little bit of a nut. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and so, with you. so, so what is, um, you know, who is kind of like one, one or two people that kind of, have gotten you into coaching or, you know, the people that you kind of give credit to for this career path? Yeah. So one, you know, the, the first person when, when I got out and I, um, when I was on, you know, I was at Marietta as a sophomore, the year they canceled the program, okay. um, on that team. And, um, so I, I transferred back to Ohio state, you know, didn't want to pay the private school if I wasn't going to pl- play ball anymore. And um, I transferred back to Ohio State, and my old head coach, well, he was assistant coach, was uh, Joe Healy. He used to own Midwest Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Joe found out when I was back in town. He gave me a call, said you need to give back to the game one way or an- another. And he's like, why don't you start coaching? And um, you know, he was the one that really pushed me to. You know, he was big on making sure that we gave back to the game, and you know where I'm at now is definitely, um, I owe, I owe Joe a lot. Um, he, he did a lot for me, um, as a coach, um, you know, some of my mentor coaches, you know, uh, the first one comes is, um, John Carmichael, um, John, John and I coached together. I was his assistant at Ontangy and we, we started Ontangy Orange together. Um, he was just a guy that really took me from this young, passionate coach that, that needed to mature and learn how to coach better. But he really took me under his wings and, and taught me what it meant to coach. And then, you know, from the X's and O's for me, you know, just being an assistant and being around Bear Davis and at Archbishop Spalding and Annapolis um, really was where I, I learned how to um, the X's and O's of that aspect and really kind of started to develop who I wanted to be at, at when I became that, you know, head coach and all that again. And, um, you know, I really learned a lot, um, you know, saw very extremely high level of lacrosse during my time at, at Spalding. And, um, you know, definitely that that's where I grew my X's and O's and a lot more of my um, on-field philosophies. And it sounds like you're, you're continuing to give back because I think are both of your assistants, former players of yours? Yes. 
They are. So, um, you know, Cody Swan is, um, you know, coaching with me. He was, uh, you know, one of the top face-off guys in the country at the NAI level. Um, you know, he's, you know, this is his passion. It's what he wants to do for his living. And then Jake Mitchell also, both of those guys were actually part of my very first recruiting class. Um, and those guys have been with this program from day one and just have such a passion for this program and um, a desire to win and then to continue to build this program that, you know, they, they kind of left me with no choice. I used to have that philosophy. I wanted to, I, I like to hire outside so I can get somebody to think outside of the box of what I always do. Mm -hmm. um, but those two have really, you know, those guys, A, they're not going to be yes sirs to me. They've known me for six years now. Um, you know, we have such a, a good chemistry that, you know, it, it definitely is, it's working out pretty well. I'm glad to hear that. And it's, it's always a nice thing. I mean, my first assistant coach that I ever had at the college level was a former player. And there's, there's that nice back and forth of they know how you operate, even when no one else does. But also, yep. they, I don't know where it comes from, but they also aren't afraid to call you out <laughs> either, uh -huh. usually behind closed doors, but they've seen enough of your of your games to know when you're full of it, and when to call you out on it. So Absolutely. Shout out to Lucas uh, yeah. Buck for that one. Yeah, you know, they keep you honest. And like, there's also that, you know, from that level of familiarity, it's like, um, you know, it's almost like a family atmosphere, right? Like, you know, like you spend so much time with people, you know, I think, you know, you, you both family. said it. You both said it, right? I mean, I look back to, you know, the guys that I worked with, like Dwayne Stewart, who's now mm -hmm. at New Paltz. You know, I, you know, I'm four years older than Dwayne. We both went to the same high school, played for the same high school coach. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's been a huge part of my life. And, you know, he, we obviously spent five years together at LMU. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, man. There are times where, you know, you're at each other's throats and you want to throw each other through a wall, but, you know, hey, there's, there's, you know, it, when you're in the foxhole with somebody, there's nobody you'd rather be with. Right. Mm -hmm. And also too, listen, they're invested in your success. As much as you want to be successful, they want to be just as successful, if not more. Yeah, absolutely. Both Jake and Cody are probably the two biggest competitors that I've ever coached. Um, you know, and, and you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about too. Like I want guys that want to compete around me too. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, originally, you know, you go to school in Ohio you're you're pretty much a southern boy now you know you live in kentucky ryan you, you were a transplant for a while but you're a little bit of everything so i gotta ask you is is it you know is it gonna be raising canes chick-fil-a cookout what what's the spot coach when you're in the south uh i gotta say i'm going with cookout yes you know? that's my guy yes. that's my guy i like cookout i like cookout i love cookout um <laughs> Hey, Ryan, you know, we have one in Williamsburg now too, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we weren't, my wife and I, we took a, we took a trip down not too long. Well, it was pre-COVID, right? Pre-COVID, before this whole mess hit, we actually took a trip down back to LMU to see some people and uh, see a basketball game. And, and we did see that. That was like the one thing I remember <laughs> when my daughter was being born, because you want to know what, like, we couldn't have our daughter in Harrogate, Tennessee. So we had to drive down to Knoxville every couple of weeks or every week for those, um, you know, for those, for those doctor visits. And then for when she was born. So on the way back, we always got cookout. I'll never forget it. As oh long as God. I live. We, we landed, um, we were, when I was at Michigan, we were going to play Furman on spring break and I had never been, I never even heard of a cookout and shout Shelter. out to Scott Kemp's the SID at Michigan to this day, we get into the rental van 
with full of managers and we go to cookout and he just like caramel shake hush puppies that, that's all you need and I, to this day like my buddy said it the best there's no better place to get food when you're drunk with five dollars than cookout it that, just that, does, doesn't exist that that is so true <laughs> it, uh, really, that, you yeah, cannot be guys probably cook out too much if you ask me but you know yeah, hey. well mm-hmm. listen it's it's not bad it's not bad i mean yeah. i miss i miss the cheddars i miss cheddars it's underrated yeah you listen you go to old ta- you go to the old town grill out in corbin you know you rock out yeah, man listen, oh, this listen is good where else can you there. take an entire hey. lacrosse team and spend 150 dollars and they're still like they're stuffed you give them 10 bucks each at cookout and they can't spend it they can't even find a way to spend it for the most part, you're right. I don't know, Coach Campbell. You probably you're probably catering out meals now. You probably got you got a small army. You're definitely catering out meals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's humble. He doesn't know what to say about that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, he caters <laughs> out. You know, he get he gets the room at the hotel. You know, they you know, they do it right. They do. He's it got right. the head coaches. Hey, that's a, that. a staff Listen. of three means the head coach gets his own room. Exactly right. Every look time. at that. Look at that plush that's, locker room. He's sitting on a leather couch. He's got those nice wooden lockers behind him. He's just he's humble brag. Just he's just rocking and rolling. Look at that. Living the dream, Ryan. Living exactly the dream. right. Listen, hey, I I was always envious. We had nice facilities at LMU, but Cumberland's man. That's a you know I I, I you know I, I know some people have seen other facilities. You know William Penn is one of those places. Nick, you could speak to that. Yeah, um, you've seen those there. facilities. Um, you know, I'd put Cumberland's facilities up against anybody in the NAI plus against a lot of the, you know, division two and even some, uh, lower level division one schools that have to, uh, share their facilities. I, I mean, wish it's, people it's would know that, thing. man. I wish people would know that like the bottom end of D one, like it's D one. That's great, but you're not even competing with some of the facilities and some of the offerings that, that the high level D three, D two and NAI schools have, it's not even close. And I've been, I mean, I mean, I love the Mac, but there's some schools in there that do not support athletics the same way that like a Cumberland's does. So, you know, like congrats on making it D1, but, you know, there are better options out there, too, at the at the other level. Well, I'm not even going to say lower levels yeah. at the other levels. Well, listen, at the end of the day, it's all about fit. And, you know, I think, um, you know, Coach Campbell does a really good job. And I, you know, and I, I'm not going to speak for him, but I don't know if he agrees with my sentiment. Um, you know, it's hard because you know, for me, it was always getting those guys from the Northeast, the East coast. And I know you're, you're getting guys from Maryland and Ohio. Um, you know, it's educating on these kids that, you know, a lot of these schools that, you know, these guys have never even heard of and they just stick with what's comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why they end up going there. I mean, and then, you know, it's, you know, it's refreshing to see, you know, programs like Cumberland's, you know, like, uh, like a Reinhardt, you know, um, and some, other, some of these other Scad, uh, man. Scad's Scad. an insane school. You know, Lawrence people, Tech, yeah. when I was growing up, was like the best engineering school around here. Mm-hmm. And they were competing with Michigan. And then when they added athletics, it was like, holy cow. Like Lawrence Tech is an insane education for engineers. So yeah, there's really, really good education no, listen, in the NAIA. Indiana Hands Tech down. has a real Indiana Tech has a really good spot. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My dad retired off of um, from GM, and yeah, I mean, all the engineers came from Lawrence Tech. Mm-hmm. That's it, GM man, GM. That was the spot, yep. man. But he said it was basically ran and owned by GM. And- yep. Mm-hmm. Those guys come out with jobs of, in engineering with GM right away. 
not much has changed since I live about a half hour from Lawrence Tech. So I can say that that's still true. Um, so coach, let's, let's pivot a little bit. I don't know if you can see what, I, I don't know if this will work for you, but I'm going to go ahead and I think you'll be able to see what I got here. I got the games up and, yeah. uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say them out loud and, and we'll go through this. And I got the graphic, you know, we're going to give you a pass on the NAI schools So you don't step on any toes. But uh, let's, let's go through. We're going to do uh, a weekly college pick them with whoever our guest is. We're doing nine games across four divisions this time. So unfortunately, MCLA, you know, not really in it right now. So we'll, we'll worry about that later. But first game, Bellarmine against Utah this Saturday. Who you got, coach? I got Utah. Um, you know, after watching, you know, a little bit of that Utah-Denver um, game, um, you know, they've they just look really they look like a, a, a legit like a legit program with their fifth year team right yeah 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 <laughs> it looks like they skipped a few years in the offseason yeah. listen a team that if that a sun pops up next year um you know they might win that whole thing right away mm-hmm. i yeah i mean they i've seen you know they've done a heck of a job recruiting mm-hmm. yeah and really almost i feel like they've done a really good job almost taking like what denver did you know yep. and 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 just going to those areas that aren't as picked up but still have some some ballers listen man they're getting kids off long island and i you know i always talk about long island but long island kids don't want to leave long island or venture too far away from long island they're getting kids from long island to leave long island fly across the country utah yeah, you get on that JetBlue yeah. flight. You got that yeah. JetBlue money. Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can, you can snowboard. You can snowboard, but like, when are you gonna have time to snowboard when you're playing Division One lacrosse? It's just, yeah. it's yeah. And, yeah that's, and that's a great coaching staff too. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Find find like a more I would say, energetic slash, coaching staff that you know at least three of them really know what it's like to be a college athlete today. You know. Coach mm-hmm. Holman, while he Best. does understand it, you know, being at UNC and stuff, he, he can't relate the way that the other three can Listen, in terms of age. He's also got the best comb over in Division One right now. Jesus, right. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Why not? moving on. Sunday, we got UNC against Denver. And, like, this is, you know, it's Chris Gray. Finally, I, I'm so excited to watch him play. Denver looked a little rough. Shout out to him, Wading River. Yeah. He looked a little rough. Denver looked a little rough in the first game, but you know, how much does that first game help? Oh, what's that? Uh, you just said the same exact thing that I was going to say. I, I said how much of that was what Utah's game plan was too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, UNC has a little bit of film, but Denver's got a little bit of rush shaking off. Uh, you know, I've got UNC. Ryan's got UNC. I've got UNC. What about you, Pete? Is it at Denver or at, at Chapel Hill? It is at Denver. it's at Chapel oh, yeah at no, Chapel Hill it's at Chapel Hill yeah yeah yep. yeah because you because Denver's playing uh, Duke tomorrow that's right there okay I I think I'm gonna go with Denver I think just that Russ being knocked off you know with two equal teams I'm gonna go on the odd man out there and, and go with Denver yeah and don't forget Denver does have the game Friday too so that's actually their third game mm-hmm. they do have the day off Saturday so yeah I mean. It'll be on ESPNU for everybody, but you're going Denver. All right, coach. That defense has to defend Michael Sowers and Brennan O'Neill on a Friday. And then, oh, by the way, you get Chris Gray <laughs> on Sunday. How um, are you? Yeah, not 
not a great situation. I'm not going to lie. All right. Listen, take it where you get it. <laughs> Moving Early. on to Wednesday of next week. This one, I think, will be very interesting. You know, we're big. We're big Bellarmine fans here. And, and I, I'm sad I can't pick them against Utah. But I will pick them against Jacksonville. I, uh, you know, I'm just, I don't know if I'm not a Jacksonville fan, but I'm definitely a Bellarmine fan. Ryan, you have your own opinions. You you are not a Jacksonville fan. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I know you're not a Jacksonville fan. You're just you're just you're just hanging out on that fence, just living the dream. I listen. I personally think that if uh, Bellerman can kind of figure out some things, I know they had some issues at the faceoff X yeah. against Mercer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally think Ju is gonna be better than Mercer this year. Um, but with that being said, you know, Bellarmine's got some games under the belt. I know JU's had some scrimmages. Um, they did have one scrimmage canceled, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to go against my guy Wit. I, I think he's doing some really great things. I think as they get further along and they get used to coach Marks's defense, which looked pretty good. They got some really good stops late in the game against Mercer. Um, I'm going Bellarmine, you know, Plus, I, I, I'm just going to do that. Don't forget they were able to win that game with basically losing every faceoff and Mercer's faceoff guy is legit. Yeah. He's very good. Greg, Greg pointed out that he was like one of the best in the country last year. Mm -hmm. Let's assume Jacksonville doesn't have a guy at his level. That's a lot of possessions added back into the game for Bellarmine. And I think that's all it takes coach Pete. What about you? Look, Luke Legnard played for me at Spalding. Love that kid. Um, You know, I can't go against him and um, that, that kid's was one of the best shooters I, I've seen around and just a really good off ball player and good kid. I'm not going to vote. I'm not, I can't go against him. I don't know who that is. So which team is he playing for? <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he's a uh, lefty attackman at Bellarmine. Okay. That's perfect. my guy. All right. All right. Now good, we're good. talking. I'm now sorry. I was talking. like, I know a couple of guys at Bellarmine, but I don't know that one. Now so we're you're going to have to spell it out for me. All right. I am, I am anxious to see if um, the transfer from Ohio State and goal plays uh, and starts for Jacksonville. The okay. Kid that was in that U19. Something, something to look out for. Yeah. I think All he right. will, but who knows? Moving out to D2, you know, coach, I know you were worried. You, you know, you don't know these teams. None of us know these teams that well this year. These rosters are all over the place. I know Ryan wants to think he does. Just I absolutely, I absolutely history and all that. Teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So first all of right. all, we've got we've got Lee's McRae and Alabama Huntsville. Uh, I've always thought that Alabama Huntsville is a little underrated. Their schedule is pretty tough from year to year, and I just you know I don't know enough about Lee's McRae, so I'm just gonna go with my gut and go go Huntsville. Ryan, uh, there's been a lot of turnover. Um, I know. Um, uh, I think coach Dunn at Lee's McRae, they've got turf now, down there now. I know that was always their biggest issue with having a surface to play on. Um, you know, but you know, there's, he's slowly, but surely getting it going over there. They're still kind of, you know, not where they need to be just yet. UAH, they do have a new coach, but they're returning most of their guys. Um, you know, they, they've got some really good uh, support down there at UAH. Um, mm-hmm. They do play a really tough schedule. Um, I'm going with UAH. I think UAH is going to walk away with this one big time. Yeah, I mean, we used to scrimmage UAH all the mm-hmm. time. Oh, um, you know, their old coach Connor, him and I are both Ohio guys and all that. So we used, to, you know, I'm pretty familiar with their program as well, and um, not as familiar with Lee's McRae, but um, I do know that you know UAH, this like senior class they had this year, I, I've kind of played yeah. them every year pretty much, and and seen that that senior class that they had this year is pretty good. Absolutely. So, so UAH. UAH, gotcha. 
All right. Now this one, you know, I definitely think, so we're looking at rock Kirst and Davenport on Sunday. And while I do love Davenport and I think coach Esquivel is doing a great job over there. Rockhurst is, is a D2 power. And I just don't think Davenport has enough yet to beat Rockhurst. So I'm going Rockhurst. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think Rockhurst is just a, a little bit further along in their development. You know, they always have a, a strong, deep roster. I think they, they play a really fun brand of lacrosse. They're always getting up and down. Um, I just think it's going to be too much for Davenport to, to deal with. Um, so I'm going with Rockhurst, running away with it. Yeah, I'm with Rockers. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sick of losing some recruits to Rockers. I'll tell you. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> hey, it's good to be competing against schools like that, though. That tells you you're looking at the right kids. Absolutely. That's what I always say. All right, Ryan, back to your back old backyard a little bit. We got Coker versus Mount Olive next Wednesday. All right. I'm going Mount Olive because I don't know anything about these programs. And I, uh, you know, you just I, like I do the know colors. That, I do know that Mount Olive is pretty good. That's what well, I do know. Um, and listen, I love I love Coker's coach. But I just you got to pick somebody, right? You can't always listen. Both of these guys, both of these coaches are fantastic people. They're great coaches. They run great programs. Coach Oliver does a really great job. Um, you know, they're coming off of uh, obviously, you know, with everything last year with COVID, they were having a great start to their year. Um, they met tragedy. You know, they they lost uh, someone within their program at the early part of the season and really rallied around that. Um, you know, I think they're going to kind of continue along with that progression. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a great season. I, they're, they're one of my sleepers this year uh, in Division Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I know Mount Olive returns a lot. Um, they return one of the best goalies in Division Two. I know they got some transfers that came in from, uh, you know, a, a program in the sack. Um, so I'm going to go with Mount Olive. They do a really great job. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be a two-horse race with them in the um, – um, in Conference Carolinas, it's going to be Olive and BA for that uh, conference championship. But I'm taking Olive with, uh, you know, for this game against Coker. Coach Pete, uh, you, you giggled a little bit. It feels like you know a little bit more about this game than the other ones. Uh, I mean, I just know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. There's, there's some things that aren't going to be said, but, you know, uh, there are some things. I do know. Transfers, seen some film on some of those transfers that they got. Um, you know, we have two of the. You know, we we might have a couple of those kids kids from that same said program. Mm-hmm. We just drive down uh, Cumberland Gap Parkway. <laughs> and that they those kids that got there, there's some quality kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, on on the field and and also Mount Olive's another one of those programs that I, I see. I, I feel like I run into quite a bit as well and. You know, I, I think they definitely have a pretty good roster, and um, I want to go with them. Sounds good. All right, D three. We only got one game this week. Uh, Southwestern University against Hendricks. I picked Southwestern, and uh, for anybody listening from there, I don't know anything about you, but I know I don't want Hendricks to win because <laughs> um, Ryan coached there. Well, so. you know what, Coach Biondo is doing a good job at Hendricks. Um, this is always a dogfight. This is like this is a toss up game. For the last however many years, I know um, it took Hendricks quite a few years to really kind of get over that hump. It was like, you know, for whatever reason, Southwestern was like their Achilles heel. They couldn't beat them. And then eventually they did. Um, and now it's like a toss up. So basically what I, I know Hendricks has, you know, a good class coming in. They return quite a bit. Um you know, I, I, Southwestern's traveling to Hendricks. I don't know what the COVID restrictions are for that. If they're driving up the day, the night, um, 
the night uh, before or the day of, but I know that that's a tough, tough, tough tra- uh, trip. So I'm going to go with the team that's going to be playing at home, and I'm going to go with the Hendricks College Warriors. Coach Campbell, this is your last pick. Yeah, this is my last pick. Um, I don't really know much about either or either one of these programs either. Um, I'll just uh, Southwestern maybe. You know, okay. maybe they they get some of those studs from Texas and all that. You know, yeah, Sounds they definitely good. do. Sounds good. All right, so we're gonna let Coach uh, Coach Campbell skip these because we're now on to the NAI stuff, and we really don't want any uh, bulletin board material, right, Coach? So, yeah. uh, so we're going to go ahead and, and go Tennessee Wesley against William Penn. William Penn is going to be on the second game of their three game road stretch. And they're coming off a hangover or a pretty big loss against, I mean, Reinhardt. So no, no shame in that. I think that there's a little bit of a hangover. And if coach Parker was watching that game and he puts in a pretty good ride and he wins some faceoffs, I think, I think Tennessee Wesleyan can can out game plan William Penn in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, but um, I went with William Penn. I think that um, you know they're just. You know, I, I think that they're going to learn a lot from from that experience going up against Reinhardt. Um, you know, it's first time in a long time that they're playing. Um, you know, when they when you do a travel like that, it takes you a couple of days to get used to. Um, the only thing that I could see, you know, um, you know, that, that might throw them off is, you know, I know Tennessee Wesleyan has that grass field, so, Mm -hmm. you know, it might take a little bit of time adjust. They turfed it. Yeah. Everybody has turf down there now. Jeez Louise. Everyone but scared that Uh, I know of. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think that they're going to learn a lot from this. I think, you know, you take a lot of the mistakes that you take in game one, you know, hopefully, you know, you can put that in the rear view. Um, I'm sure that that's what the coaching staff is telling them, um, because, you know, they have a, they have a good, um, uh, they have a good challenge in front of them. So, I mean, you know, yep. it's, a, it's a tough weekend for them. Any way you shake it, you got Reinhardt, you know, Tennessee Wesleyan, and then you got to finish up at Montreat before you go home. That's a, that's a tough trip. Yep, and I think we're both in agreement with the last game, William Penn against Montree. I think we're both going William Penn. They're going to end this trip with a win and head back to Iowa. You know, you think one, you think two and one. I think one and two. But either way, they're going to have a win when yeah. they head back. Back to the so, cornfields. They're going to have a win. Absolutely. All right, so coach, it's been a really good time having you. I think we'll have you back in the future, especially once we get closer to the NAI uh, invite. And we thank you for your time. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me. It was a, a blast. I had a lot of fun just in here. Yeah, just... man. It's good seeing you. It's good seeing you, brother. And that that made my night right there. Yeah, there you go. Hey, man. Uh, listen, I, I can leave if you want. You guys want a breakout room? I can put your breakout room <laughs> yeah, in here. Listen, if I was there, I'd give you a big hug. Yeah, oh, I, I, with a mask on like this. <laughs> no mask. No mask. Oh, man, that is love. All right, we'll see you later, Coach. All right, hey, Coach. I'll see you. Have a good one, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Right, bye.